0: Welcome to the Market Sell Win Podcast. Today we are extra lucky to have with us Connie Benning, a senior marketing communications leader whose career spanned more than 30 years. She has tremendous experience in developing and implementing marketing communication plans, developing marketing strategies to drive growth and build brand, and building and coaching marketing teams. For the last 24 years, she held various leadership roles at RSM, the nation's leading provider of audit tax and consulting services focused on the middle market. So I say we are extra lucky because Connie recently retired and I was very grateful that she was willing to spend some time with us today. I'm not sure what you all have experienced or seen, but from my viewpoint, when people retire, This huge wealth of knowledge and insights just walks out the door, and we miss the chance to really tap into that information that could be helpful for others in their growth and development. In our four-part series, Connie will talk to us about her career journey, and you will learn a lot from her perspective on the role of internal communications, building and coaching a strong team, and the role of communications in mergers and acquisitions. In this first segment, we're gonna focus on Connie's career path, the skills that she's found to be important, and the impact that mentors had in shaping her career. Welcome to the show, Connie. Thanks, Julie, it's gonna be fun. (laughs) It is gonna be fun. So um, our podcast is focused on experienced marketing and sales professionals. My goal is to share their stories, to help others either starting their career, stuck in their career, or just trying to get better at what they do. And your career in marketing communications is particularly interesting since communications is such a pivotal piece in the marketing puzzle. So um, let's just get rolling. Like, Tell us about your career journey and what path and steps that you took that you followed over the years.
1: Well, contrary to the advice that I think most people probably offer, my career journey was pretty much unplanned. I think it's difficult, you know, especially for someone just graduating and maybe even for individuals who, you know, are relatively early in their careers to really have a detailed plan. Uh, When I graduated, I wasn't even aware of opportunities that existed in the real world, especially some of them that came my way. However, I will say this. um, I feel like I took advantage of opportunities throughout my career that sounded interesting and challenging. And uh, while it wasn't really intentional, I really didn't lock myself into one industry. My career, I think, especially early on, um, spanned a lot of different industries. You know, I worked, um, you know, in a governor's office. I was in the entertainment. I worked for a utility company, a real estate development company. I worked in um, community and business development. And then, you know, ultimately in professional services with RSM, um, but one thing I think that really got me started on the right path was um, a college internship that I had uh, while I was, um, I, don't know if I, I think I may have started it when I was a sophomore in college. Anyway, it really provided great experience and laid such a great foundation you know, for the future. And so I think that was extremely important in helping me develop those skills early on. And I also wanted to note that I was always willing to relocate, which I think not a lot of people are. And I did that multiple times, even though it was during the Midwest. And so that really, you know, gave me an opportunity to take advantage of some experiences maybe that um, other people might not have if they're not willing to, you know, take a chance on relocating.
0: No, good point. And it's interesting if you think about the world today with technology and, you know, we can be working virtually, and it's not an issue for, you know, many, many roles. So, um, you know, your point about relocation, probably just with technology, the doors are more open than they've ever been.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, I didn't really even think about that back then. It was not an option, you know, you relocated, but yeah, as we know, um, you know, with RSM and you know, many companies today, we have people who are employed all over the country who decide that all of a sudden they want to move to Idaho and it's no problem because their job is literally one that they can do remotely. So yeah, that's from that standpoint, things have really changed.
0: So, um, your internship, cause that's interesting. I've talked to a few folks that had took an internship in college and, and it was a, a huge, um, I I guess door opener, you know, for them in terms of other opportunities, but just to get some real world experience. So was it in communications?
1: Well, actually, um, it was probably, I would say more in the marketing area. Um, You know, it was really like one of my first stepping stones, I think. Um, I started out, um, it started out as a full-time position with uh, the, the Dane County Junior Fair in Madison, Wisconsin, doing publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the summers, it was full time. And then um, I was able to keep the position during the school year um, part time. So I had it for um, a couple of years. And I think even after I graduated from college until I got a permanent um, job, I they still kept me employed there. And the, the manager of the Dane County Exposition Center, who hired me for that role, for that internship, he was a strong communicator himself. In fact, he was a former radio personality. And after all these years, I can still remember his fabulous voice. He had such a great radio voice. But anyway, he was um, a great mentor in terms of um, the communication side of things. But even more so, when I think back, was the freedom that he provided me to do that job. I mean, here I was, this young person in their 20s with really... Um, little work experience, and he just um, let me put together my plan and go out and meet with media, and honestly, it, it just kind of amazes me that he gave me such freedom, but it really um, built those foundational marketing and communication skills that um, I think, well, obviously led to my first job opportunity after college, um, because people were really impressed with um you know, the the internship that I had in college and the work that I did.
0: You know, I think you hit on something that struck me because it was kind of the same for me. I, I didn't have a master plan and I looked for roles too where I thought I was going to learn something. I was always interested about what am I going to learn that I can, you know, parlay into something else down the road, even though I didn't know what that would be. And you know, liking what you do because we spend a lot of hours <laughs> at the office, whether it's virtually or not, and so you know that becomes so important. And um, I think you make a good point about having somebody that's going to give you some latitude. I've had roles where I had it and where I didn't have it, and definitely the ones where I did. I mean, they were more fulfilling. I think I learned more because they gave me just enough rope to like go out there and try it, but were there to coach and help guide me where I needed it. So, um, I think those are good things for others to hear when they think about how to like grow and, and kind of go down their career path. Cause it's not always the promotion that were, um, that guides us. I mean, for many people, if you talk to them, it wasn't the promotion at all that guided them. It was just that they loved what they were doing.
1: Right. Loving what you're doing and working for someone that you really enjoy working for. I mean, I think both of those things are so important.
0: Absolutely. So tell me then, um, how did you get into, or or where did you land from a marketing communications perspective? Because it sounds like that was a a big part of your career.
1: Well, um, you know, uh, after I, like I said, after I I got out of college and had the internship, I, I went to work um, as like a deputy press secretary for a governor in Wisconsin until he was um, given a job in um, the Jimmy Carter administration. So now I'm really dating myself. (laughs) um, So um, after that job dissolved because of the fact that he was no longer governor, um, I was able to get a position with a publishing company. And I traveled around the country writing articles for these marketing newsletters that we did on behalf of larger companies. And one of those was Ralph um, obviously a real name brand. And at some point, I think it was after a couple of years of working on um, their tech of newsletter, sweaters, it was called, they came to me and offered me um, a sales position. Well, you know, I hadn't really ever thought about taking a sales position, but they really positioned it um, with me that it would create a stepping stone to move into their marketing department. And so I accepted the role um, which was a very different role for me and I relocated to Iowa um, and I was there maybe an hour um, a year and a half and um, they offered me a, a role at their corporate office in St. Louis so I relocated there to manage their dealer sales support program for their national dealer network so uh, I think that really launched my career going forward um, because they were such a reputable firm and I got exposed to, to some really talented professionals that were part of their national marketing organization. I mean, obviously, we all know what a strong brand and Serena had. So really a great opportunity and a great learning experience.
0: That's awesome. So, you know, you touched on working for people that, you like. And I think that's an important thing to talk about for a minute because, you know, what have you experienced? Tell us a little bit about what it's like to work for somebody that you really like and then what it's like if you don't. And if you don't have that example, I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And what's the well, impact? You know, I think that's probably the bigger thing is what is the impact on, on you know, your satisfaction and 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 the work that you're able to put out?
1: Well, I, um, to me, uh, it was extremely important that I, you know, work for someone that I enjoy working for, and I've been so fortunate that that has been the case for me um, throughout my career. Um, I don't know how I got so lucky in that regard either, Uh, other than, you know, really getting a sense when you're interviewing um, of how comfortable you're going to be in the role and with the person. I remember interviewing for a position with a private college um, where I would be working to the financial, or, or excuse me, working or reporting to the financial officer. And he was the one who was actually interviewing me, at least in the first round of interviews. And I could just tell during that interview that she was not going to be somebody I enjoyed working for. And even though I was really interested in getting into um, college marketing and communications, and I was offered the position. I turned it down for that reason because I just didn't think going to work every day and reporting to this individual is going to be um, pleasant. So I think you really have to um, be careful, you know, during the interview process. And even though the job may sound like something you really want, it's not going to be enjoyable if you don't feel comfortable with the person that you're reporting to. Now, sometimes, you know, further on in your career, you know, you may Get a promotion. And in that case, you know, you're not going to have necessarily the choice about who you report to. So, in that case, you know, I think you stick it out and uh, try to gain the experience, hope the relationship improves. Or you can always take your experience, you know, elsewhere. I just think it's so important to like and respect the person you report to. It certainly creates a much more enjoyable work experience, at least that's um, been my um, experience in the past.
0: Yeah, no, that is sage advice. And I, and I think, you know, the other downsides to it is that I think it can really have an impact on your confidence and your creative thinking, um, you know, things that it, it, of course, depends on the individual. But if if they're not supportive of you or easy to work with, you may be reluctant to share new ideas or take that risk. And, um, I think it can have, you know, a longer term impact on how you feel about, you know, what you're doing and even your own capabilities. So, yeah, I I think when you can, working for people that you respect and are going to get along well with is huge. Um, so, you know, tell me a little bit about... Um, how the marketing communications piece was beneficial as you moved into other areas of marketing? Because not all of us have that communications background. So are there any kind of direct benefits that you see to it?
1: Well, I think that um, you really can't be an effective marketer if you don't have good communication skills. Certainly, I'm sure there are people out there in the field of marketing who don't have good communication skills. But I really feel like to be successful and to move upward in your career, um, that you have to be a good communicator. I mean, I just think it's that simple and, and I'm talking about both verbal and written communication skills. I mean, I think it's important to, you know, have that ability to present your ideas in a clear and succinct manner, especially these days when everyone just seems like to be so busy, you know, um, And we all rely on emails so much. And so long, wordy emails are just not going to be effective when you're trying to communicate with other busy professionals, especially, you know, if you're asking them to take action. So uh, I just think it's absolutely critical. Uh, One of the most critical skills I think that a marketer needs to develop in their career.
0: Good, good insights. And it's interesting, as I've spoken to other people who are did not have a communications background, but when we talked about the softer side, like what skills did they find to be important, communications was like top of the list. So um, I guess from your perspective, is that your number one kind of soft skill that you found to be important, or are there any other skills that you have found to be important in your career?
1: I think absolutely it would top my list. Um, the other one would be listening. And I'm not saying I was always the greatest listener, but I knew how important it was to listen. So I tried, you know, to be a good listener. Um, and of course, I guess that's all part of communications, right? It's hard to communicate if you're not listening to the other person and knowing, you know, what you're, you know what they're interested in hearing and what you need to tell them. So, um, but definitely the communications piece Um you know, reinforced with that listening skill.
0: And, um, well, and, you know, just a comment on listening. You, you're right. Of course we are supposed to be good listeners, but there's a difference between listening and really actively listening. So, um, I, you know, to really be in the moment and hearing what they're, in, they're saying and trying to apply it to what you're going to be doing to two different levels of listening.
1: Yeah, for sure. I remember, you know, as part of my training with when I took that field sales position and they just had such excellent sales training, which um, really was a good foundation for me too, even though I didn't stay in sales. But they always talked about the importance of listening and trying to identify uh, the customer's needs, right? So that you could um, recommend um, a solution that was really going to meet their needs, but you really had to actively listen. And I think that um, certainly applies in the business world too, right? No matter what you're doing, um, you know, it's really hard to be effective in whatever you're developing, whether it's a service or um, even just a newsletter, um, knowing uh, what uh, the audience is looking for, you know, what the objectives are that you're trying to reach in order to make that successful.
0: Totally agree. And the other thing I would add that I have found to be important is I'll call it curiosity, but like listening and then asking questions, because I feel that that helps us really uncover from a marketing perspective, you know, what we're really trying to accomplish. And sometimes they can tell us, you know, let's say it's an internal client and is talking to us about, you know, some campaign or program they want to do, but we need to be asking those questions to dig deeper and really get to the heart of what they're trying to accomplish because there may be other ways to do it.
1: Oh, I think that's a fabulous point. Uh, cause I think of uh, when I was traveling around the country interviewing people for these marketing newsletters that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. I obviously developed some really strong interviewing skills, and it is really amazing to me how those skills came in handy and just the way that you described and I think some less experienced marketers haven't developed that skill yet. And I think that can make it a struggle for them to really put together an effective plan uh, because they haven't necessarily asked the right questions. So I think that's a great point.
0: And, you know, I think sometimes people don't ask questions because they may feel that they're expected to know the answers and why would they be asking that question? So, you know, I, find that we have to kind of give ourselves permission to not know the answers or to preface it with, hey, you know, maybe I should know this, but explain to me why this is important. And, you know, if you kind of preface it with something, then you've gotten it out there. You feel a little bit more comfortable with the question, but at least you're asking the question.
1: Oh, yeah. And I think people really appreciate that approach and it, you know, makes them feel good that, you know that they can provide you some information. I mean, it's sort of a compliment to them too. So yeah, I think that's a good point.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good point. It is a, a compliment. So um, I guess just a couple of more questions as we wrap up here. What role did mentors play in your career? Well, that's interesting um, because as I, as I think about that,
1: I'm not sure I have a mentor in the sense that a lot of people talk about today. But I had great relationships with my, quote, bosses. And then I think really served as my mentors, uh, particularly earlier in my career. I think one example that maybe demonstrates uh, this is when I was part of the marketing communications department for a utility company. And uh, my boss there was a really strong writer, and he, through his editing of my um, writing really helped me tighten my written communications. And I just developed a good relationship with him. So he continued to give me additional responsibilities, which eventually led to one of the senior vice presidents in the firm offering me the opportunity to develop the company's emergency assist- assistance plan for utility customers that, you know, had trouble paying their bills. And then eventually that led me into an opportunity to work in their non-utility division um, to develop marketing communications for a new golf course um, community they were developing in South Dakota. And that ended up being one of the coolest positions that I had in my entire career. And it all came from the fact that I had this great relationship with my boss, who was someone that I really enjoyed working with, who I had a lot of respect for. And so if that's, you know, a mentor, um, I would say, you know, then he was my mentor, but I didn't really seek him out as a mentor. He just, I guess he just mentored me as, you know, in that role as my boss. And I had a number of people like that throughout my career. So I guess that's how
0: I'd answer that question. You know, it's funny. Mine was very similar. I I don't, we use the word mentor a lot these days, um, but to me, in my experience, it was just having a a great relationship and oftentimes was with my, my, my boss. Um, and you know, somebody that I felt comfortable that I could kind of bounce ideas off of too. It wasn't like we had a standing, let's meet monthly and talk about your career, you know, (laughs) but, um, somebody whose opinion I valued and felt that it was kind of a safe person that I could have, you know, deeper conversations with, at least that's how it was for me. And it worked out, you know, really well.
1: Yeah, uh, so I guess maybe I, I'm thinking too um, literally about mentor and the way people talk about it today where you seek somebody out to mentor you. I never did that. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like it happened naturally. So um, it's always interesting when uh, people tell me about mentor experiences and maybe I missed out on something by not doing that, but honestly, I just, um, it just never seems like something I focused on. It just sort of happened naturally.
0: Which, you know, I, there's no right or wrong way. I mean, it's just that's, that's how it was. And quite honestly, I feel like that role going back a few years now, it wasn't as prevalent, you know, even the term. So um, now we talk a lot more about it and, and um, people are encouraged to find a mentor. And look, they can add a ton of value to, 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 your, um, to your life, period. So um, no right or wrong, just different. All right, so let me ask you this: If you had to roll back the clock thirty years, what is one piece of advice you would have given yourself related to your career and working?
1: Well, I think we touched on it a little bit earlier in our conversation, Um, and I think uh, that's—I think it's the most important thing. Really, is to have fun and enjoy what you're doing. You know, if you found a role that you really loved and you are continuing to grow and learn, I mean, you don't. have to feel like it's a bad thing to stay with an organization, especially later in your career. Starting out, I think it's much more important to have a few different career experiences with different organizations. Um, you'll learn a lot more, in my opinion. Hopefully, you'll enjoy all of those. Um, I'm not encouraging people to be job hoppers uh, for sure, um, but for someone who's younger, starting out, you know, spending two to three years at an organization and learning what you can, you know, before you're before you move on but throughout all of that making sure that you're not doing it just to keep, you know, moving up the ladder so to speak but actually really enjoying what you do.
0: Yeah, I think that um I would agree with that. And I think, you know, on the job hopper topic um you know, people seem to stay in roles for a lot less time these days than they did maybe years ago, but I feel like 2 to 3 years is the minimum time you need with a, an organization to really start like rolling, you know, understanding the business, the company, the people, the role. And then if you want to make a decision about m- moving on to somewhere else or even a different role at that point, you know, those, you know, that's the time when those ideas should be kind of coming into play. But if you've only been with an organization a year, unless there's some really extenuating circumstances, I don't think you're giving yourself enough time to really get the experience that you need.
1: Oh, for sure. And it's true that um, people look at that. I mean, I've looked at a lot of resumes as I'm sure you have too, where people jump, you know, every year or less than a year sometimes. And that's just, you know, like everyone always tells you, it's just a red flag. You have to be really careful or have a good explanation, you know, for why that happened for sure.
0: Agreed. All right. So, I am sure that while you loved what you did, there was probably a day or two (laughs) where you had a rotten day. So um, on the lighter side of things, what is that one song that could like just help you shake it off? Oh,
1: gosh. Oh, probably uh, Wind Beneath My Wings by Bette Midler. Ah, You know, it's just an uplifting song about friendship. So I mean, I've always loved that song and I've actually used it you know, as themes and meetings that I've put together before. So it's um, kind of a special song for me. Ah,
0: That's great. Thank you. Well, hey, this has been such a treat. Thank you for sharing your, um, your career and your insights with us. I, uh, I, it was valuable for me, and I know it was valuable for our listeners. So thank you for your time. Thanks,
1: Julie. It was fun. All
0: right. Take care.